Alright guys, this is a uh, special edition of the new Goldcast. This is a preview. We're going to be, uh, like I said, as we've said several times before, we're going to we're start talking about the Warriors and the Giants and throwing a little bit of MMA in there. And so to kick that off, uh, we're actually going to have a little MMA talk. So this will not be about the 49ers, but listen in. There is, uh, this is a wonderful conversation we have with Dan the Man Goldman, uh, a San Francisco native fighter. Just a conversation we have with him about uh, the, all the controversy surrounding the UFC belts. Anyways, check out a listen. It's good stuff. And uh, we'll be back later on this week with the 49ers Goldcast. Joining me on the line is one of my oldest and best friends, Dan the Man. Dan the Man Goldman, say hello to the Goldcast. So Goldcast. So here we go. So Dan, why don't you tell all of our Bay Area faithful, what city were you born in? I was born in San Francisco. Boom. That's kind of how we keep it real on the gold cast when it comes to that. And now our topic today is going to be MMA. How long have you been fighting? Uh, since I started training when I was 10 and uh, I'm 33 now. So uh, that makes me a training for a long fucking time. <laughs> that, that is a long fucking time. And uh, you're obviously a big MMA fan, but what are you currently training right now? Uh, I train, take, uh, predominantly I train kickboxing, Muay Thai, but um, I also train jiu-jitsu, 10th Planet, shout out. Um, I train boxing. Um, yeah, so I, I train, you know, boxing, stand-up and, stand and ground shit. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Okay, so let's talk a little bit, buddy. Because you and I, here's the thing. So this is kind of how this came about. We'll kind of we'll kind of break it down for the Goldcast listeners. Basically, how this came about for, for you and I is we basically talk MMA almost once a week. Yeah, and, all the time. Yeah, all the time. And so we decided that it was time to, th- that these conversations were so good that maybe we should put them on the Goldcast. And so the Goldcast is expanding to start including more sports. It just made sense that we would throw one out now. So let's kind of get into it. The big topic right now that is happening in the MMA world is really surrounding the belts. And there's been a lot of controversy surrounding, in particular, McGregor being stripped. He was stripped of the featherweight, yes? Yeah, he is our current reigning uh, two-weight champion. He's featherweight and a lightweight champion. Just won the lightweight belt off Eddie Alvarez. And uh, I think about a week after he won that belt, the UFC stripped him of his featherweight title. Yeah, so let's talk about that because there's a lot of controversy surrounding that. And, you know, we talked about it before, but let's reintroduce for our listeners, why was that such a controversial decision? Um, controversial because, well, first of all, it was controversial to let him fight for two weight divisions and to hold uh, one weight division essentially hostage while he was camping for another one. Um, for a fight at another class. So he won the 145 belt about a year ago, never defended the title, and um, had a slew of contenders kind of lining up to challenge him. He had no, he really had no interest in that, more of an interest in moving up to 155 um, and fighting for the belt there. And so that alone caused a lot of controversy. Then they let him do it, and um, and he was adamant that he was not going to he was going to keep both belts and defend both belts. Um, and of course they 
were, were not so happy about that, and they, they took one belt away. Um, controversy mostly uh, around the fact that they took it away so that they could um, reinstate a champion and create an interim title fight that was then the um, headlining event for a pay-per-view that just happened, um, UFC 206, I believe, Pettis versus um, Holloway. Pastor's Holloway. Yeah. No, is that 205? Because Oh, no, it's 206. That's right, because Rousey is going to fight at 207 next week, and we'll talk about that next week. Right. But, okay, so they stripped him of the belt, and, of course, McGregor. So UFC comes out and says that they they notified him of the strip, but then McGregor says they didn't. And where do you stand on that? Yeah, there's no way McGregor gave that belt up uh, for any reason whatsoever. I mean, short of them given him stock in the company, which is what he asked for after his last win. Um, he uh, he was so adamant that he was not going to release either belt and that they, in his words, would need an army um, to take those belts off his shoulders. Hey, do you think he still has the physical belts like in his house? Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> like, he well, has the physical ones at his house, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. They don't, um, even when a guy loses a belt, from what I understand... They don't make them return the belt. They reissue belts. So that so, so that's yours to keep. Like when you win it, that's that's like your little prize, right? Is that you get to keep that belt. I mean, I mean, aside from being the champ, like that's that's actually your belt, your real belt. That's what I understand. Because they do that in boxing, though, don't they? Too, they do. That's that's popular in boxing as well. Yeah, I believe they do. I believe they do. So, uh, well, McGregor came out this week and said that. Um, said that uh, he was not notified and that he still thinks of himself as a two-way champion and that he's going to continue carrying his belts um, and he's going to look be looking to defend both belts still in the you know in 2017 now here's um, here's here's a question though now you've got I mean everyone in the world wants to fight Conor McGregor right now everybody's trying to call, call out Conor McGregor so what what is it? What do you think realistically is his next fight? Well, I guess realistically his next fight is to try and and own a piece of the UFC. But let's just pretend. Let's pretend that all gets settled. Where does he go? Does he fight Nate Diaz for the trilogy? Does he defend the featherweight title against? So who who won the featherweight title? Who's the featherweight champ now? Uh, feather. So the featherweight championship belt, the real belt, um, the undisputed belt is now highly disputed because they re they reissued it to Jose Aldo. And Jose Aldo was the um, fighter that McGregor beat to get the belt in 13 seconds. Yes. Yeah, he just destroyed him. Yeah, he punched him one time, and uh, that was it. I, he didn't even mess his hair up. I think he got a, maybe a little cut over the eye or something, but that was about it. Wow. And so does he fight? So here's the question. Does he, fight, does he defend the lightweight title? Does he defend the featherweight title? Or does he fight Nate Diaz? At 155. Where, where exactly does... Where do you think Conor McGregor goes if everything is... Set, his baby's born and everything is settled with UFC and, and he's now cleared to go? Um, It's hard to say, man. It's so hard to say. I think you have to factor in a lot of things. Now, Conor McGregor is one of those guys. He's one of the rare case scenarios in the UFC where he has a huge say in what he does and when he does it. A lot of people say that champions in general have a lot of pull with the UFC. So if you're holding a belt, 
you have some say in who you fight and when you fight. Um, I don't think, I don't believe all that hype. I think it's a lot more dictated than people let on to believe. And champions get persuaded to take fights based on pay-per-view points and money. Um, McGregor has a little bit more pull. Mm-hmm. We've seen it a couple times over with his rematch with Diaz. Um, his immediate rematch with Diaz at uh, a catchweight of his choosing. Um, I I don't know that a third Diaz fight is very interesting to McGregor, even though money wise, it's it will you know, it stands as one of the one of the most lucrative fights in UFC history. Now, why um, do you think that is? Now, here's here's what my brain tells me. You tell me if you, if you think I'm right or wrong. Uh, I almost feel like from an egotistical perspective, there's no reason to fight him again because if he loses, then his some of his mystique is clouded. And so that, you know, it's almost like a Mayweather style, like why take that risk? And instead, why not go for someone else? Because he rectified his first loss by beating him the second time. Exactly right. Yeah, I I, would, I totally agree with you. I think... Um, I think he wanted... A chance to rectify a mistake, he rectified a mistake, and if he if he was smart about it, he would just let sleeping dogs lie in that sense. Um, I mean, he's it's very likely that if he fought um, Diaz again, even if they fought at one fifty five, um, which is what they're that is kind of the buzz uh, going around the campfire that if they do fight again, be at one fifty five. Um, even if they fight at 155, he's still susceptible to a loss. Definitely. Yeah. Diaz is dangerous on any day. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's kind of the whole thing. Is that, you know what I mean? Is that he, uh, you know, he, he, he already rectified that loss by beating him once. So what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. yeah, what's the point? I mean, other than money. And money is a huge, a huge contention, a point of contention. Um, but, uh, I think there's other things for him to do. I mean, there's, you know, he, he did just register for boxing license in California. People are curious to see where that's going to go. Um, so yeah, I think there are, are things to keep an eye on. Um, but as insofar as what is like the obvious choice next, I don't think there is an obvious choice next. I think, um, I mean, a lot of people after his, um, UFC 205, I believe, was him in New York. Um, you have to double don't don't quote me on that. I'm bad with numbers. But um, after his win over Eddie Alvarez and during that whole fight week, he was beefing with um, with the uh, middleweight champ um, and talking about going up to middleweight, going up to 170 and fighting for the 170 pound belt. But do you think he can so, do that? Could he really go up to 170? I mean, he is pretty tall. Right? Isn't he's tall, isn't he? Well, he fought um, the second fight with um, with Diaz. He weighed in at one sixty eight. It was a catch weight. They were fighting at one seventy. Okay. Okay. But Diaz is a natural one fifty five er. Despite what people, despite how they build that fight as Diaz being like some kind of fucking monster, he's just tall. Um, he fights at 155. He's fought, he's fought at 155 his whole career. So he's Diaz is not some some like huge behemoth of a 170. He's a small 170. 
Um, so yeah, he can do it because he's got a big frame. He's a lanky dude, but it was a stretch for both of them, I think. Um, could could McGregor fight and beat um, the one seventy pound champion? Uh, is it possible? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, at this point, I, I think it would be uh, you would be remiss to think that McGregor could could not do something because he's just proven over and over again that he can't. I'm sorry, it's the 170 one, the 170-pound champion is the welterweight division. It's, uh, it's Tyrone Woodley. Okay, that's who he was talking. That's who he was challenging. Yeah, not middleweight. It's welterweight. Okay, welterweight. That's I know. I always get wel- welter middleweight mixed up all the time. Okay, so now moving on, we were talking about, there's been, now we've got this other belt controversy. They're creating, a, it's a, it's, was it straw weight, right? For the girls? No, they are actually creating the women's lightweight, um, I'm sorry, women's featherweight belt. Featherweight 145. belt. 145. Straw weight already exists. The UFC currently has two, only two female divisions. Okay. Um. It is the straw weight and the bantam weight. I'm on their website right now. They've already added the featherweight, anticipating the inaugural fight that's going to happen between Holly Holm and Jermaine de Radami. Now, explain this one because Cyborg was it was has been really vocal about how upset she was about this fight, and uh, there's been a lot of controversy around this, and people are comparing it to boxing, and you know, saying that the UFC. You know that you know the UFC was always very very strict about its belts and what it was going to do, and now it seems like it's adding weight classes all over the place. And just break down what's what's the general controversy surrounding this belt and what even even to an ex- uh, lesser extent what's happening with McGregor's uh, featherweight belt and what people have to say or what critics are saying about what the UFC is currently doing. Well, the uh, critique comes around this idea that the UFC is using title fights to, um, to entice pay-per-view buys. So the, the basic rule of thumb is that for any pay-per-view now that the UFC is putting together, the main event essentially has to be a title fight. Um, and as, a as a new, as the new ownership of the UFC kind of steps into the huge debt they've assumed by buying it, they bought it for $4.4 billion. Um, they are looking to make money off of everything. So, uh, you know, their FS1 um, viewership, uh, any, any media stream is a revenue stream for the UFC's new owners, and they're trying to maximize that capacity. Number one. That's the that's the obvious elephant in the room. Yeah. Is that that is that is going on, and you can't deny that that is going on. That is that is the truth. That's why they took McGregor's belt away because they needed to get that um, featherweight division rolling again. They needed they needed a main event for um, UFC 206 in Canada because Cormier and Johnson fell out due to injury, mm-hmm. and they needed to bump their co-main to a main. And the only way they could do that, they felt on such short notice, was to turn into a title fight. And so all those dominoes um, fell. They stripped McGregor. They turned it into an interim title fight. They reinstated Aldo, and the winner of the 206 is going to fight Aldo. Maybe in Brooklyn, we'll see. I don't know. But 
that's that's how it's going. This all this Holly Holm uh, Deronimi fight for the 145 pound uh, belt, the inaugural fight. Uh huh. Same thing. They need a main event. Um, they need another women's weight division because they only have fucking two. <laughs> and uh, and there's a there's a desire. Uh, Cyborg is the most dominant 145 pound champion for the last ten years. She is undefeated for ten years at 145. Um, she's fought a couple catchweight catchweight fights for the UFC at 140. Extremely difficult weight for her to make, but she's had an insane reaction as far as um, viewership. People love her. People watch her. She sells pay per views. She's a bad chick, man. She's a super bad chick. She's bad. She's the baddest chick. Right now, she is the baddest chick. Um, no doubt. No, no doubt. What, uh, what I think is more interesting, though, uh, than, than uh, all this controversy surrounding this stuff, because I feel like anything the UFC does, they're gonna, it's going to be controversial. It's just a controversial organization. Um, from start to finish, you know, they kind of play by their own rules. They don't really have a sanctioning body at all other than USADA checking for, you know, sports, sports fouls like uh, steroids and, you know, performance enhancers. But um, other than that, there's no sanctioning body. So if they want to make a belt, they make a belt. If they want to pull somebody and, you know, turn uh, a circus fight into a co-main, they do it. CM Punk, you know, like... Mm-hmm. They do whatever they want, and they can do what they want because they pretty much own the sport. Um, but here's what I think is more important about this featherweight fight, uh, this women's featherweight fight, is that we need a featherweight division, period. We need a women's 145-pound division. Uh, we need more than a featherweight division. The men's divisions right now at, at the UFC, uh, we have, let's see, flyweight to heavyweight, with 10 pounds difference in between, that's, uh, what is that, eight, we have eight divisions, or seven divisions, seven belts at, in the, at the men's weight classes. Women's, up until now, have only had two. Uh, if you look at pro boxing, there's 18 women's weight classes. If you look at um, the Invicta, which is the all-women's MMA organization, they have five weight classes. Um Olympic judo has seven women's weight classes. You know, it's like you have to have more than two women's weight classes. I mean, there's more than 115 and 135 pound chicks out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, see, that's interesting, Dan, because no one's talking about that. No one's saying, hey, we should have, we should have that. Everyone's talking about, oh, this, you know, UFC is just, you know, this is a, they're just creating a belt because they need a, they need a they need a championship fight, but no one's really looking at it. I think from the perspective of the fighters and saying, "Well, wait a minute, but don't we need more than two weight classes, anyways?" Yeah, I mean the the case in, the classic case in point for this last I feel like the last year or two years, or even longer really, because they've been trying to get Cyborg into the UFC for for forever because they wanted her to fight Rousey at one thirty five, but Cyborg walks around at one seventy. She walks around at 170. 170? A yeah, chick? She walks that chick's she that walks. big? <laughs> yes. She's a big, big lady. So for her to cut to 145 is a stretch. Wow. It's a big stretch. And the older she gets, the harder that weight cut gets because the body changes and stops reacting. Yeah. And so really, she should be a 155-pound champion. You know? A 15-pound weight cut... 
I'm sorry, uh, a 25-pound weight cut, uh, or a 20-pound weight cut, I apologize, is, uh, is a lot in itself. A 30-pound weight cut or a 35-pound weight cut or a 40-pound weight cut is insane. And they are not doing that anymore in the men's divisions because they have, uh, you know, they have a, a much more structured program, uh, same-day weigh-ins and more weight divisions so that the men don't have to cut from these extreme, these extreme places because the whole emphasis for the last year um, in the UFC has been the health of the fighter. USADA, same-day weigh-ins, all this stuff, right? Uh-huh. Somehow, somehow that only applies to the men. It doesn't apply to the women, I guess. Interesting. That's, right. that's crazy. And I mean, I, I never even thought about that. I really didn't. I never thought about the fact that you really probably, you know, like no one's looking at it from a perspective of the fighters and women need more than the two weight classes. I mean, everyone's so focused on the belt. That's what's uh, the creation of the belt that no one's going, well, but maybe it should be there. That's, that is pretty fascinating. I, I like that. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, what would you walk around at, Rudy? How, how, how? I walk around naturally, honestly, probably around 145. It's probably okay. right. Yeah. So let's say you walk around at 145, but in the men's division, all we have is uh, atom weight division, which would be 105 pounds. So if you want to be a pro fighter, we only have one division for you. It's 105 pounds. It's like, uh, that's a pretty extreme weight cut for you, don't you think? Dropping 40 pounds? Dude, if I drop 40 pounds right now, do you know how, how sick I would look? I would, do you think you'd be able to fight? I wouldn't even be able to lift my glove. Right, exactly. So that's what—that's essentially what we're talking about in the women's division. Now, if you, I get here is okay. So, and then here's another tier to the controversy. Another tier to the controversy is the fact that with Cyborg, Cyborg has been advocating a 145 pound division in the UFC forever. She's been a 145 pound champ for the last ten years. The UFC has said it's never going to add a 145-pound division. She needs to get with the program and fight at 135 or not fight at all. Mm. So obviously, with this kind of rhetoric, the fact that they instituted a 145-pound weight division, now it seems a bit of a contradiction. Granted. Got it. Okay. Let's get over it. Let's look at the fight. She could not. She was offered that fight. Cyborg was offered the title fight first. She could not make it at the, in the time frame that they wanted, and so they went with two other fighters, very decorated fighters. Jermaine Duratomy has a good. Uh, she has a good MMA record. She's an undefeated professional kickboxer. She fought thirty-seven fights with no losses. She is badass. Wow. Holly Holm, multi-time boxing champion. We already know her resume in MMA. She knocked out the baddest bitch on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Yep. Not a bad fight. Not a bad fight at all. Really good fight. Everyone is everyone who's anyone that analyzes the sport is not mad at this fight on paper. This looks like it's going to be a barn burner. Um, two chicks that just want to stand up and punch each other in the face. Not a problem. Both world champions. Not a problem. Uh, where some people have an issue is that Oleom's coming off two losses and Radami hasn't fought at 145 for five years. I still think this is totally like two tears in a bucket. Who cares? It's going to be a great fight and it sets up interesting matchups in the future. If home wins and Rousey beats Nunes on December 30th, you have 
the possible rematch where they're both champions, and a possible unification fight where Rousey can Rousey could assume the 145 or Holm could assume the 135. It's a really interesting matchup. You have Cyborg looming, right? So she can take on the 145-pound, the newly crowned 145-pound champion. If she wins and Rousey wins, you have that matchup. It's a lot of good things that come out of this fight, no matter what. It, it does seem like the positives outweigh the negatives. I mean, do you feel like, if anything, this is just Bleacher Report and, you know, and, and fighting, uh, fighting, uh, fighting a journalist just trying to make, kind of making something out of nothing? Yeah, totally. I, I will. I mean, I think, like I said, you know, like we've covered a little bit here and there, it's just there is controversy, rightly so. But the glaring, the glaring discrepancy is we have right now, even with the featherweight edition, there's three women's weight divisions. Invicta, which is the all women's um, MMA promotion that, um, uh, cyborg fights out of has five five is good five is a good start but if you have eight men's divisions you should have eight women's divisions women come in just as many shapes and sizes there's competitive women fighting all over the world uh at, at the elite level on mma uh you have gabby garcia who i think weighs like she weighs like 220 fighting in uh in japan this month um 220 yeah, she's a monster, um, expert judo, expert jiu-jitsu, um, just a nightmare. But she's an elite-level fighter. We don't have a division for in the UFC, so she doesn't exist. It's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. The thing that you always got to come back to with the UFC is it's not a matter of will they, it's a matter of when they. Yeah. They are going to have eight women's divisions, I guarantee you. They're probably going to have more men's divisions, I guarantee you. Uh, they have to have a title fight for every pay-per-view. They are not going to do that with the current amount of divisions they have. They need more divisions, and they should have more divisions. As, as a fighter myself, I tell you, like the examples we've already gone over, if you're a 145-pound guy... Um, you want to fight in, in within 10 pounds of that weight limit. If you're a 185-pound girl, you're going to want to fight within 10 pounds of that weight limit. In any combat sport, wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, that is the jam. That's the jam. You don't want to fight 40 pounds below your weight, 40 pounds over your weight. That's not At that point, it, it, it's a war of attrition. It's like how much punishment could you put your body through and still be uh, you know, athletic? Yeah. So the UFC will inevitably add these divisions, um, and they should add these divisions. This is what should happen. And it's just a matter of time before they do. Um, and it will be circumstantial, and it will be to their benefit as they do it. And as it should be, they control the sport. Why not? As long as the fights are competitive, why not? You have two world champions going to fight for 145-pound belt. What's the problem? We need a 145-pound belt. What's the problem? We need a 155-pound belt. We need a 165-pound belt. We need a 105-pound belt. Like, these fights need to be set up, and the quicker they do, the more entertaining pay-per-views they'll be putting out, the more money they'll be making, everybody's happy. Now, let me ask you a question, though. Do you think that if they have... Now, maybe not for the women, but let's say you've got 16 weight classes for the men, 
Uh, you know, I think women, I, I agree. You could probably go to, to four and five and six and kind of get somewhere close to where the men are. And it w I don't think it would hurt the sport at all. Women's fighting is so popular because the quality of the fighter is so high now. Um, do you think that, but do you think that that would water it down a little bit? Like you have 18 weight classes for men in UFC, would, it, would that water the product down? No, I don't think so. And I think that's another argument that I, 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 I kind of shy away from when I hear analysts talking about it, they constantly make the reference that the UFC is not boxing. And the UFC has always advocated that they have learned from boxing's mistakes, and the mistake with boxing was having so many weight divisions. And again, from a fighter's perspective, I don't think that's a mistake at all. I think that's about being safe and about being competitive and having being able to market the most competitive fights because you are a much different fighter within 10 pounds, within 6 pounds, within 8 pounds. Um, it's, a, it's a really different ball game. Anyone that does not believe me, try sparring a guy that's 10 pounds over your weight. Or wrestling, doing jiu-jitsu, God forbid, with a guy that weighs 15 pounds more than you. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not fun. Um, so I don't think the addition of more weight classes hurts the UFC. I think it only makes it more interesting. I think where we learn from the boxing mistake is that Boxing suffered from having multiple organizations with multiple champions. Yeah. So the WBO, the WBC, all these, um, all of these alternate organizations just naming champions with no merit, with no credentials. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have like, you know, six cruiserweight world champions and seven super heavyweight champions. I don't think we have to worry about that with the UFC. The UFC has had has 90% of this market locked up. They have all of the elite fighters. There's a few outliers at certain certain um, other organizations, Bellator, Ryzen, um, uh, One. Uh, there are some outliers, for sure, no doubt. And there always will be, because there's always going to be competition. But that being said... The UFC controls 90% or more of this market. So I don't think we need to worry about the quality of the fighters that are going to be fighting at these weight classes. That's a really good point because, I mean, they pretty much are like the NFL. You know, I mean, yeah. they're, 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 the biggest, they're the biggest team out there. And, yeah, no one's going to take that. No one's going to take that crown from them anytime soon. There's just no way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, case in point was um, this just – they just had this uh, tournament of champions for – the uh, flyweight belt, um, they were trying to find somebody who could compete against Demetrius Johnson, who is the UFC flyweight champion, and has like a 12-fight winning streak or something ridiculous like that. Don't quote me on that. Check it out for yourself. But he's been unbeaten for a long time. So they put together a Tournament of Champions TV show where they had multiple fighters from different organizations who were already champions in their organizations who fought a flyweight come and compete and like a winner winner gets a title shot um, scenario uh -huh. and not only did none of the actual champions make it to fight Demetrius Johnson the guy who won that tournament was a UFC fighter from the flyweight division <laughs> oh there it is there it is right there well I love it well Dan, that was awesome. 
I love all that. I love that. That's the first time I've heard that argument, and um, I think that we can expect a lot of more good stuff like that when it comes to our MMA Tuesdays. Uh, next week, uh, I guess next week we preview 207. We'll talk about some Rousey. Oh, yeah, man. Lots to talk about. The return, the return of Rousey. It's going to be good. It'll be good, definitely. Thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. Uh, really enjoyed it. Hope you had a good time, too. Oh, yeah, man. This was a blast. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff, so I appreciate it. Hell, yeah. All right, bud. We'll talk soon. All right, buddy. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed that special edition episode of the new Goldcast, which uh, fully premieres in January. Uh, that is a preview of our MMA Tuesdays. We will be back with a little bit of more MMA Tuesdays next week. Thank you. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and we will see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel.